What's this saying? In process. It's sending. Oh, well, it's sending. So all we can do is hope that the other people get that email. Okay. Did I press the record button? <laughs> oh, I forget. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Let me put you somewhere. Oh, there we go. That'll do. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Series 5. I think it's Session 3, is it? Or Session, I think it's Session 3. Um, but it doesn't matter. Our subject today is really, really, really appropriate, especially for WA and people that are, are and have been in lockdown. And Western Australia has been really, really lucky in that we haven't had a lot of lockdown time. And so this is our real first lockdown. We are in the Thursday of the lockdown and we started on Kali. When was it? Saturday? On Sunday evening. Sunday evening. Yes. Sunday evening. So we really haven't even done a week yet. So um, Western Australia is getting a taste of what the rest of the world has been going through for months and months and months. So I think this subject of how to overcome stress and adversity in, to create a powerful mindset is so, so applicable and so, so important. So I'm really looking forward to hearing everybody's comments. But first of all, let me do my introduction because I think that that's really important so that people actually know who makes this happen. And before we start that, can I give you a little bit of a taste of what has happened in the past? What you have told us to do daily is going to help us to be clearer, mentally, and healthy. You know, we've been having such different experiences, you know, different intentions in some way. And yet, isn't it amazing how we get so end up with this common thing? For me, music and movement has been such a massive thing in my life. First time, I think, in forever, it was just allow it. Like whatever happens, whatever you're feeling, just just allow it. That's the rise of the feminine and the heart energy and the qualities of the heart, because that's the kind of leadership we, we really need. You know, all of us being able to be vulnerable and open and share and this tribal instinct, you know, to really, really connect. You don't realize how important some of these things are. I just want to say that was incredible. And I think it is incredible of how people keep coming back. And as much as I think for me, I'm not getting the numbers that I anticipated, the number of emails that I get throughout the month and throughout, um, well, throughout the whole series and in between and after the replays, how many people are actually benefiting through this. So I really thank everybody. And let me, let me share with you who is involved in this because we are doing and setting up a podcast. So this will be able to, this is going to be going on iTunes. This is series five. In each series, there are four sessions. And so this podcast will start to go out hopefully in the next month or so. 
So I think that um, what we are doing here is changing lives and it is evergreen. And so people will be able to come into these series and be able to gather their tools and strategies and also gather some confidence and give themselves permission to be able to really, what we're talking about today, be able to give them some permission to be self-empowered. So let me um, just show you the next session, which is at 11 a.m. AM, we do two different sessions, one at 11 a.m., one at 4.30 to accommodate different types, different times of time zones in the world. So the next one is two weeks time, February 18. And our subject is, is how do you see the world now? What are the changes we have made in this new world? And I think that that will be very enlightening. And Always remember that if you are talking about Global Women's Voice, we really, really appreciate you to do use the hashtags GWV or, or and hashtag Global Women's Voice. So that's a little bit of logistics and background. So let me introduce you to our team. Dr. Hilda Maldonado was on last fortnight and she spoke about something that I think is really important again is to how to really bring together conventional and alternative medicine. And I shared three very good, clear emails that I sent on to Dr. Hilda Maldonado so that she could actually see the feedback from that. Um, Hema Vayas may be with us today. And Hema always adds a lot of insight into the heart and the area of leadership and the combination of those two aspects and specialization. Regina Paula may also be with us, who is from New Zealand. And Regina always brings to us some part of digital marketing and how to be authentic with the digital marketing aspect, if that's the way that you choose to go. Rosemary is here today from um, Kenya, from Mombasa. And and I always love Rosemary to be here because she always brings that totally different cultural outlook and I'm just so blessed to have her in my life so I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this Rosemary on this subject that we're talking about today. Kelly Afaro is from Western Australia not from Western Australia but she lives in Western Australia is a psychologist as you can see on her brief here and while I'm doing this is if you want to know somebody's direct email address website please ask or please send us um you know a query about it because if there's somebody that you particularly want to talk to or ask specific questions it's global we can do this work wherever we are from all over the place so i really want to welcome you also kelly for your time and your expertise here so let's go into the topic for today how to overcome stress and adversity to create a powerful mindset I would actually like to make a correction in my mind around mindset. And maybe this is where we start. Because when I read the word mindset, to me, it conjures up setting our mind. And I always say to my students, can we use something other than mindset? Can we use how to overcome stress and adversity to create powerful thinking, to create a diverse mind, to strengthen our mind? Is that somewhere that we could start? And I will go into what I'd like to do actually is I want to stop my share because I want everybody to be able to see um, everybody. 
now that the little promo's done it, you've introduced each other. And before I forget, if you don't know, you can click this, there's three little buttons on the top right hand corner of your of your Zoom. And you can have that person pinned who is speaking right now and you can be seeing them. And like for instance, I have Kelly pinned. So it means that you can really have a lot deeper connection with that person if you use your Zoom to its full potential. So can we start off with what's your thoughts around that word? Because I think language and the way we talk to ourselves in our inner dialogue and how we express ourselves outwardly really has a big lot to do with how we overcome our anxiety and what is really happening in the world right now. Who, who would like to talk about that? I'm happy to jump in. Mm. Hi, everyone, and welcome, everyone, to Global Women's Voice. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, mindset and overcoming stress and all of those things that Di has just mentioned are essentially um, the patterns that we carry in our subconscious and conscious awareness that essentially play out in our lives. So from a psychological perspective, we, um, we create these patterns very early on in life. Approximately from the age of zero to seven, most of the patterns in your mind are downloaded. And then the rest of the life um, is a little bit of exploration, life experience. And in a time such as like the one we're living right now, where we are in a global lockdown, pandemic, economic crises, some of these patterns really come to the surface and we can often see the unhealthy um, survival patterns really showing up because everyone is constantly being triggered by these external environments. So that's where I think I would like us to think about what kind of patterns are we observing in ourselves and in others that are really showing up so that when we get greater sense of clarity, we have a better idea as to where to work and what to work on to improve that mindset. Rosemary, do you have any comment on that? On I, guess, I, guess I, I mean, I agree with uh, Kali when, when it comes to um, the fact that the mindset, our mindset is set on within us at an earlier stage in life. And sometimes you'll see where you're coming from or how you were brought up, the environment you lived in uh, contributes a lot to how you handle your situations that are happening currently. So you find a lot of people that are very resilient to uh, the circumstances that are going on around their life. It's because this actually developed at an earlier stage in life. It is possible, I believe, to uh, develop resilience and uh, be able to accommodate the situations that are happening. Um, also, when you have already come from a whole different background, but then it would have to take a lot of personal training, personal uh, focus on who you are to be able to focus your thoughts in a particular pattern. 
you could yeah, i mean you could follow the patterns of the world because uh, and, and and what happens is if you just follow the wind as it comes then it 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 takes you wherever it wants to take you covid comes you sway to the wind of covid and then your life just becomes really difficult as uh, stress at work happens and you're unable to adjust to the situation and things then become really difficult for you but whether you are coming from a background that has got you molded towards a particular way of thinking of do, or doing things, you could still, in your later stages in life, adapt yourself or teach yourself or allow yourself to um, adapt into the way of thinking that helps you become better. And, and, and that makes a whole lot of difference, if you ask me, yeah. And I think what both of you are saying is like, apart, we take out the, I mean, I think it's common knowledge. I think it's common knowledge anyway, that we are formed. Our, our thinking and our patterns and the way that we react are formed before the age of seven. I mean, some people are even saying now before the age of five. And I think for me, one of the biggest tools that I've been able to grasp over my life is the ability to be able to experiment, experiment with tools, spend money on people that have really good tools so that then I am able to experiment. Does that tool work for me to help me break this situation that I'm always ending up in, in this thought pattern that I'm always, you know, down spiraling to? So, for me, I just I, I really think that it for me it's come down to what tools have I got? What tools really work for me? And really blessed that I was able to a afford to go to some people and get some very good tools, and then was then I was able to be self disciplined as what Rosemary just said is that that's I was very disciplined as a child. I was disciplined, and so I was being able to use that to my advantage later on in life. So I think for me, it's come down to, and it doesn't mean to say I don't get stressed or that I don't get hung up in things that happen to me or I don't go crazy at times. It's have I experimented? Am I using my tools and am I using them daily to actually get me through the processes that I have been accustomed to in my early years? The advantage of having Carly on this talk is the fact that she's got a psychological background. And so she's able to actually tell us from, um, from experience and from a point of knowledge that what you're actually saying, it's, it's, it's the truth. And, and that our mindsets are everything in, in, in any situation that you find yourself in. It's, it's what they say that if you look at a situation and you see um, only the negative side of it, then the chances of you not being able to appreciate anything about that situation are very high. Yet there's someone else that you could um, be talking to. And instead of them looking at the situation from that negative perspective, then they look at the little positive things and it changes the whole outlook of the conversation. Um, mindset really matters. How you interpret things when they happen. And Oops, Rosemary's gone. That's what happens when you're in Mombasa. <laughs> but I did want to pick up on something that Rosemary was saying. And that thing was, is Erect. that... 
oh no, she she's back. I might I might mute her so that when she comes in, I will have to unmute her. Um, and if you're listening to the replay here, if you're listening to the podcast, this is why I want people from all over the world because I think it gives us an appreciation that some people live with this unstableness and then the unstable internet just being one part of the unstableness and that's their norm. And I think that people like us who have stable internet, when things do happen that are chaos, um, you know, we actually go off the rails a little bit quicker, which I think is what Rosemary is saying, right? Yeah. But one thing that I wanted to say about what, and I'd love your comments on this, Kelly, is that um, Rosemary started that conversation just then about it's great to have Kelly here because she's an expert, she's a, she's a psychologist, so we know what she says is true. And for me, I want to know what is true for me, even though, yes, Kelly is a psychologist, she has studied this area, particularly this area, she's an expert like Emma. And it's like, for me, though, that's still not enough. Yes, I can go and pay for this advice. Yes, I can go and pay for somebody to help me work through a process or an understanding or a belief. But for me, I have to know that it's going to work for me. And I'd really like your comment on that, Kelly, because I think that we do live in a world where we can get so much information. We can do personal development programs on the internet. You know, what's your comment about that? Does it... No, I'm really fascinated to hear your comment on that because I think for me that's my one of my rules about myself, one of my agreements. Absolutely, Di. Um, I I completely agree that, um, and and I say this in any sort of public forums where I'm asked to speak, and even to to my patients, it doesn't matter who the expert is. Take that information in have a critical analytical um, perspective on what that information means to you and see whether that information resonates with you, right? So it doesn't matter if you go to the world's best expert, if you don't have a good feeling about what they're doing, it's not the right thing for you. And this is not about sort of right or wrong. I am using those words, but it's not about right or wrong. It's about what resonates and works the best for your life circumstance, for your personality, for the things that you like and for what you know that is going to stick as well. So it has to be a very personal view, a very personal approach and uh, dedicating your life to going to different healers and experts and scientists and personal development leaders to find out who you are is the best investment you could ever make because even if you walk away from a seminar or a workshop that you invested thousands of dollars and um and you walk away with one idea and you thought the rest of the workshop was rubbish or you didn't learn anything else new, that one idea could make a massive difference for your well-being. So whatever you were doing, do it with an open mentality and curiosity to learn. And it's trial and error, it's life. We're, we're here to figure out what do we like, what, you know. So nothing is set in stone. 
Loved your comment on that because I'm like totally there. And uh, for me, as I said, I have spent a lot of time going and paying and attending and engaging and taking away and testing and experimenting and then going no or yes and developing and making something my own. So it's really helped me to do the work that I do because it, I think the key is about experimentation. If you are stressed, if you are getting stuck in adversity in some way, or you have a situation where you know you have things going on in your head that's true, but you're in a situation that's not true, then what tools do you need? Who can really support you? And it does cost money. It does take time. It does take energy. Something Rosemary. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The summit Rosemary said before that I wanted to elaborate on, which was a really important point, depending on the type of lifestyle that you have come, it will sort of, um, that would dictate a little bit the type of resilience and skills that you have to adapt to certain situations. Uh, one of the most important aspects of creating a powerful mindset, especially in a time of stress that I have observed as a clinician and also in my own personal life, is the ability to adapt and get back on your feet as quickly as possible. You may, as you mentioned, Di, you may still get stressed and have days where you feel like you're losing it. How quickly you get back on to your path, to your skills that help you that will essentially determine your resilience. Very true. And also, just, just to come in, um, I, I got lost a bit for the network. Sorry about that. But just to come in and say that while you are adapting, there is also the possibility of your mind to look at as adversity as a normal part of life. To accept the fact that these things will happen on, I mean, every day in different areas, in different fields, and to also not allow yourself to look at them, at them as abnormal situations. Because the moment they become abnormal, then they become difficult to tackle. So when adversity happens, something stressful has come into your life, for me, the first thing in life, this is normal. And I just need to find a way to adapt to that situation and find a solution that then puts me to, uh, to, to where I am supposed to be to be able to deal with it. Rosemary's... Rosemary's internet is Oh, it out. is cutting out. Shame. I talked to myself, yes. sorry. No, 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 not totally. <laughs> I hope you all got what I said. Uh, what I said is that the ability for me to look at situations as normal, as opposed to categorizing as them as abnormal. Because when an adversity happens, um, that it comes into our lives and brings itself to us as, as, as of that moment, it might feel like an abnormal scenario, then which then creates it as a difficult situation. 
But if I look at it as a normal part of life, then find a way to adapt to that situation. And instead of focusing on the fact that it is an adversity, start focusing on how I can reverse that to find a solution. Then for me, that works um, better than when I start thinking, oh, I can deal with that. It's too abnormal. It's way out of league. It's the same thing I would think in the scenario of COVID right now. If we look at it as a too abnormal, a scenario that should never have happened, that should not be happening. Now, it's already happened. It's normal. It's happening. People get sick all the time, except this time round, it's happened on a global scale. How do we allow ourselves to accept that and then find solutions rather than mourn about the problem and not come up with solutions to solving um, the scenario? And what are I want to pick up there, Rosemary, on what you're saying is I, I see a lot of people that I work with, there is an advantage to them to stay stuck, to stay, to think that their life is normal. And when situations happen or they end up in the same situation for a start, they don't see that the same situation is the same situation just because it looks different, but it is actually the same situation. As you said, people get sick all the time. This is just on a global scale. But I think that there are many, many, many people unaware that their situations are the same situations. They just are in a different place, maybe with different people and maybe at different times. And so it's that awareness, but then that willingness to go, okay, do I really want to give up who I have been? Do I really want to change the way I am? And I think for me, and again, Kelly, as being a psychologist, I would like your point of view on this because I see that so many people, first of all, don't have that awareness, but when they do get that awareness or they get to, you know, to a, a shaking awareness, that they actually don't want to give that up. And you must see this in your clinic all the time because I see it in my work all the time. Absolutely, Di, and this is where... I don't want to get into very deep psychological concepts, but this is where part of your ego lies as well. Like if someone has had um, illness for a really long time and they have learned that through this illness, they get um, exemptions for not doing things. They get extra attention they get a free pass on, on some things. They get more sympathy. They, you know, pressure gets taken off. On some level, um, there is a benefit to that illness or that pattern that they have developed. So one, you know, a confronting question that I sometimes ask or often ask is what benefit are you getting from being stuck, being ill or you know, or staying in this, in this pattern where you are constantly excusing yourself, self-sabotaging. And generally people will look at me and go, what do you think, what are you talking about? I would, why, why would I want to stay sick? But when we start to unpack and it's, it's, quite, it's quite a vulnerable, confronting question, but when you start to unpack and you start to consider isn't it kind of nice that people call you to see how you are? 
Isn't it nice that, you know, people send you flowers? Isn't that an opportunity for you to feel loved? Isn't it nice that maybe your husband takes the kids out on the weekend and you can just sleep in because you've been sick all week or in treatment? So when you start to be genuinely honest and raw with yourself and you can face it and you go, actually, I had a patient once many, many moons ago in Chile say to me, I've pulled out my cancer card two or three times in situations where I knew it was just to get out, right? And, and that we were talking about it in a bit of a comical sense, right? But how often do people do that without even being aware? So absolutely 100%, we get addicted also to these patterns because we tell ourselves stories I can't go because I'm sick. I can't exercise because I don't have enough time. I can't take on more work, whatever it is. I, I don't have money to go and do a personal development course. We live in an age where we have so much information and access to free resources that ignorance is no longer a choice. To echo your words, Kali. Sorry? To echo your words on, uh, on, on, on this self-sabotaging uh, journey that people get into, um, this is a bit personal. My mom has been sick for uh, probably a year, a year and, and, and a few months now. So in January 2020, she, had actually, she actually got a brain aneurysm and got into surgery. And it's, it was a bit of a few months of recovery. And then, you know, when I started looking at the behavior of what she was turning into. It was, it was basically pulling that card of I am unwell every, every few days just to get all our attention together. And every time she wants something done, it's not do it because it has to be done. Do it because I am sick. Do it because I need to be looked after. Do it because, and then it, it can actually get very self-destructing and and that for me taught me something different it taught me that if you find yourself in adversity and then you find yourself taking advantage of that adversity to get things you, you go your way you need to get it out of it by learning how to actually practice self-care because in the end i i sort of had to just like pull out and just say mom i'm not doing this anymore i need you to start taking care of yourself because you're 12 hours away from where i am mm. every five minutes call i we employ someone to um, take care of you so like she has a house uh, a house help and somebody who works in the in the gardens so she's got two people that are living with her to support her but she is also trying very hard to get rid of them so the gardener, the gardening guy did ABCD and so she doesn't want him anymore. And I said, you need to start practicing self-care. You need to start learning that you have to take care of yourself because if you do not take care of yourself, then what's going to happen to us? We are all, we are, we are, we are running like headless chicken. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that self-sabotage theory and that my remedy for that is 
teach people how to take care of themselves. If you find yourself in adversity, instead of dwelling on taking advantage of the situation, practice self-care, learn how to take care of yourself and appreciate good self-care, not just self-care. It has to be really good self-care so that then you don't fall victim of taking advantage of adversity. And that's a fantastic point, Rosemary. Um, and I'm sure we can all see it in our families and in our, in our circles of friends and, and colleagues. And I think it's really important to mention a couple of things. Ultimately, all human beings want to be loved, right? So it comes, this is where we also need to step into compassion. There's a bit of tough love, but we need to step into that compassion. Ultimately, all human beings really want to be loved and need that sense of reassurance that I am safe. I, I feel a sense of belonging and people have really maladaptive ways of getting that attention, which is why it's so incredibly important that we instill this in younger children so that we're not having to clean up these big messes as adults. So not only is it super important to instill this in children, but as adults, understand the ones that are aware because so many people are unaware that it is a deep desire to feel loved and is a deep desire to feel safe and we are you know think of the early attachment when a baby is born you know it's held it has nourishment so it attach it immediately creates an idea in the brain neurologically of being held physically, feel safe, if you have a, a safe mother, of course, and having food and being held is a sense of being nourished. So we need to understand that this is biologically wired. And so then we, we have to look at, as adults, how can we help the people that don't have those skills by altering our behaviors and delegating some of the tasks sort of you know saying this is what i can do for you and i love you and that reassurance when they are going through a critical stage but these are the other things that i'm going to leave you to do on your own and give them that sense of responsibility to take care of their own life Great points, great points. Because the, the um, part that I want to pick up from what Rosemary said is self-care, good self-care. Well, what is self-care? Then what is good self-care? And I think that there are many, many, many distinctions to good self-care. And then I think it comes back to the beginning of the basis of it is have, have you even experimented? Do you Have you even thought about it? And that I think is what Kelly is saying is, no, I had to learn to be aware and start to experiment with actually what did work for me. There are some yoga poses that do not work for me. For instance, there are some Tai Chi poses that do not work for me. Swimming works for me. Putting my feet on the ground every day works for me. I feel a huge difference. Types of meditations, visualizations work for me. Some types of visualizations don't work for me. 
So I, you know, I, I can stress from my own experience and the people that I work with is how can you set yourself up? I would recommend with a buddy, I'd like to hear from, from you guys, a buddy that will help to support you, even if they're not there doing it, but then you could call them and have a chat. Ask them, what are their points of view? Or, or did they do this? You've got somebody on the same vibration as you have that you can talk about this particular subject. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, th I think building on um, supportive uh, relationships is, is key to dealing with any adversity or any stressing situations in life. Hmm. Whether that be work, be family life, be... I mean, medical situations, if you have a circle of friends that are actually supportive, these are not people that will come and criticize the situation. They will tell you the truth of the situation to help you handle it in the right way. They will hold your hand through it. So building um, supportive relationships for me is key when it comes to dealing with adversity and uh, and, and stressful situations under normal circumstances. And I've seen this at work. Um, see, for example, this, this, this last few, this last two months especially have been really stressing at work because we have a situation that needs to be dealt with and the situations that need to be dealt with, we don't have the finances to actually sort them out. So we have to work way around dealing with them and also finding answers to so to, to questions that cannot be answered without money and money is absent at that particular point. I have about 50 employees that are looking up to me at this point. I have maybe um, um, 200 clients at that point that are looking up to you and they all need a solution. Um, and this, our situation has been lack of a continuous flow of water. So under normal circumstances, we produce our own water but our desalination plant, which supports this venture, has had a failure. And then you have a whole lot of bookings. You still need to generate income. And then the staff need to be able to give the clients those, um, the, uh, uh, the requirements. And you're buying the water and you're dealing with this situation. And so you have too much coming in on your way and it's all bashing on your cheeks and you feel like you want to bust. The question is, if I bust, what happens to all the 50 people below me? They all crash. So I have to put up a strong, um, a strong personality. And I can't put that strong personality if I don't have a circle of supportive people around me. That means that I have, among the people that I work with, a team of only three that we can sit down and diagnose situations and come up with solutions. And we know that we are on call 24 hours, that if I call them even in the middle of the night, despite the fact that we are out of work, they will be happy to pick up their phone and find a solution with me so that then I am not carrying this alone. And so, yes, supportive relations, it's, 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 it's everything you need. If a marriage is falling apart, um, you need support. You need friends that understand what you're going through. If you're sick in the hospital or at home and you're taking care of yourself and, and you need people that will come in and just say, how are you doing? Because, you know, when you're stressed and your mind is heading uh, downhill, if no one actually asks you how you're doing, it sounds like the most basic question. 
But sometimes just answering that question will trigger the tears in your system. And you'll be like, finally, someone asked how I'm doing. And it is time for me to cry it out and let it out and deal with the situation at that particular point. And if nobody asks, then you're like, I'm all alone in the world. And you start sulking and you start going downhill. And the next thing we know, we are dealing with a depression case because you don't have anyone to talk to. So yeah, relations important. Dai, you've got a strong point there. You can't deal with adversity if you don't have supportive uh, relationships around you. And sometimes that's, that's like, you've given us so much, Rosemary, you really have. Um, and I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that relationships are the solid foundation of a sense of safety, but also satisfaction. So we're looking at that, the two sort of ends of the scale, right? Um, essentially, we need to learn how to nourish the relationships that we already have but also yeah. how to nourish the relationship that you have with yourself because that is how you are going to project yourself out onto the world and that will have a ripple effect in terms of the relationships that you have with other people. Um, because what you said just recently that if someone asks you, are you okay or how are you going? And that may be the one thing that makes you feel that someone cares also for people currently that are experiencing huge amounts of hardship that may be the difference between suicide and not suicide yeah right and that's a massive reality because people feel so incredibly isolated and people are so um, self-absorbed most of the time that um they, they have these belief systems that no one cares. So part of all of this is what can I do to support someone else? And in the process of supporting someone else, I'm supporting myself. I want to pick up on the point, Kelly, that you said about belief systems, because I think that through this pandemic in the last year and a bit now, there has been a huge growth, I believe, in people's willingness to at least look at what has not been working and maybe in a small way, maybe the place they don't like to work with or the marriage that they're not in or they have become aware that they don't like this particular sort of food and now they're exercising more or now they, they started to experiment with food and now they're eating totally different. Um, however, whatever the pathway was that they found a higher level of personal awareness to put it easily. Um, I think that your comment, lost my train of thought just there, is that your comment about, um, where was I going here? Belief systems. The belief systems. Your comment about belief systems is that it's, I believe, 
And what I hear people say, and people ask me this question is, well, then what is a belief system? And I actually addressed this in one of my um, videos just recently, is that it's a system. It's something that is, that is linked to everything else. You know, it's, it's an experience that now has grown and now triggers emotions and then supports the ego and actually might block your intuition. And, and so I think that there's, if nobody could take away anything other, is to look into what is your belief system? What is the thought that you have around your own system? Because I think that there's so many distinctions. There's so much time that needs to be carved out for human beings as we get older to really look at what is their belief system. Absolutely. And where did they get it from? And do they agree with it? And do they like it? And why do they hold on to it? And has society told me to think this way? But actually, I don't think this way at all. All of that. It's a huge subject. And I think that very, very, it's like the word mindset, similar to belief systems. It's just bantered. And it's like, what does that mean? And I've had people say to me, you use the word belief system, well, what is that? And that's after some considerable time of giving them tools and getting them to experiment. And, and, and we're talking about this system. And then I've realized just this last while that people actually don't know what it means. And then they don't know the context, where it's gone, where it's come from, generations past, past lives, if you believe in past lives, where they're going. It's everything. It truly is, yeah. But, you know, going back to what you said when we started is that are people even aware that they are actually dealing with these situations? Because the, the creation of that awareness then gets you into a thought process that then touches into your belief system that then obviously puts you in a place where you can actually deal with this adversity. So key part of everything that we do and everything that we deal mm. with is mm. awareness of the fact that it is happening and it is here and, 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 and then activating that uh, belief system and that thought process so that then you can actually be able to deal with it. Well, and I have, keep going. I have found that one of the things that has been very present in the work that I have been doing with people is the belief system of being entitled. Right? Yeah, entitlement. Oh, God. oh I my Lord. <laughs> and I want to add another one because I work a lot with women. I work a lot with women with families who are entrepreneurs, who, have, who are either have their own business or are in business with their husband. So they're, they're, that's my, they're, they've been my people for years and years. And so the thing that I often hear these women and doesn't want to ruffle the feathers, that doesn't want to rock the boat because she doesn't have the confidence of how to express herself. And so, and that's because she doesn't know what her belief system is. She's never carved out time. She's been so goddamn busy, first of all, falling in love, falling out of love, bringing up her children, 
orientating her whole life around her children's needs. And then when these children start to leave, of course, they have no idea where they are, who they are, where they have come from, where they want to go, who they are and what they need or want or, or value anymore. And so I think if, as Rosemary keeps, keeps Rosemary, you're keeping me on track about this subject because I think that in itself, families that are, you know, that are, their, their children are growing up earlier but yet they're more mature because of this entitlement attitude that I think is global. It's not just in our Western world. And then Rosemary, your continual word of adversity is that being in those different transitions, being in different stages and phases of our life, people don't realize that we go into different phases. What is the phase of life that you are in now? Have your values changed? Have you looked at where you have come from recently and does it look differently? Because for me, and I'm sure Kelly, you would say the same, is that you know, um, our filters change, our perceptions change. And quite often now I look at my grandmother in a very different way than I did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, one day ago. And it changes my life. So how, how you know, are we carving out time to be able to look to see where we have come from, where we want to go, where we are now in the stage of life? Do you recognise the stage of life that you're in? What are your comments about that? Because I'm probably the oldest one here, unfortunately. <laughs> but I don't think it's about age. It's about we all go through different stages and phases in our life. And I think a lot of that has to do with awareness. You know, we started this conversation, are people even aware, right? But then if you are aware, what do you do with that awareness? Out of the 15, I don't know, I don't, I don't watch TV, but out of the 15 hours a week that people watch TV, would you rather spend an hour journaling or reading about um, an author that talks about this topic so that you can actually get to know yourself better. I find that people spend more time planning holidays, every tiny little detail, than they do getting to know who they are. So it's like once you become aware and you want to genuinely live a life that is fulfillment, that is true to your values when you figure out what your values are that represents who you are it takes time it takes dedication it takes an intrinsic motivation to figure out who you are why what you'd like what you don't like and how can you move forwards in a way that is ultimately genuine to yourself Right. That means maybe not going out to that party and missing out on that. That means maybe creating a party if you're not getting invited to other parties. Right. It means changing, challenging, adapting. And I something that just popped in a second ago, like Rosemary is talking about desalination of water. Like that is like a basic human lead. And then over here, in, in Perth, we're worried that we've, we've had this emergency five-day lockdown, right? Like the, the polarity of, of the values and the human needs are, are huge. We can't, we can't sort of 
we can compare, but we, we don't want to devalue the importance of what people are going through. But I think it is, it is honourable and fantastic for everyone to have a global perspective. In a time of adversity, I can understand, yes, this is really tough. Yes, we are at the end of school holidays and parents are completely exhausted and it means another week with your kids. You might not like them that much. You wanted them to go back to school. But let's slow down and be grateful that there aren't planes bombing us, that we have clean water coming out of the tap. This is where you need to go. Yes, this situation might be really unfortunate. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But let's get perspective. I love the way this conversation is going because if somebody actually wants to go through this and pick the eyes out of this, they could actually have a very concrete plan of some things, activities, ideas that they could start to experiment with if they were willing to start to not keep taking the benefits of continually being where they are. And then if they were willing to find those pathways to themselves, in them, within themselves, to continually have that discipline to keep that going. And that's the direction that I list for five minutes here is, can I hear? And maybe, Sam, you want to come in on this, on this also. But it's like, what what... Uh, for me, it takes discipline to do this. This is not an easy task. It has to be done every day in my mind. Or I fall over. I trip over myself. So we do need tools. We do need people. We do need skills. We do need to acknowledge that what we want is and we need is love and that safety. And I actually had somebody say to me the other day, Di, I absolutely do not need support or love. Okay, this session may not go for too much longer. Even though she had made an agreement because until I can coerce her and give her some skills to have a look at that, where do we go from there? Because there will be no discipline to continue. I would love to hear your points of view on that because I think the discipline, as Rosemary said, right at the very beginning is key to once you start to experiment and have this awareness, this continual awareness. That's what we're here for, isn't it? What I'm hearing you say, Dai, is that um, we need to get in control of our own lives. The basic um, need of being whole is to be able to take control of your life. Because if you're then in control, you're in control of your belief system, you're in control of your uh, situations when they come, the way you handle them, the way you live with them. When uh, um, the government locks you down, you look at what are the positives of it, diversity. Um, I, I, I envy you guys sometimes because I'm thinking you're, you're, you're in lockdown, but you have access to the internet, you have... Um, online shopping that you can do if they lock us down i will starve because then i can't even go to the shop and unfortunately this village does not even offer online shopping you know there's so many things that we're dealing with that are so diverse especially uh, because we are coming from very different uh, parts of the world but the key 
um, information that I am getting from this conversation is that people, me included, we all need to get in control of our own lives. And that's mentally, physically, emotionally, um, a well-being, a, a, whole, a, a wholesome well-being sort of uh, approach to life then will help us deal with the day-to-day -day situations as they come. And one of the things that I'll add to what Rosemary has just said in terms of, okay, it is absolutely important to get on top of your, your life and to get in control of your life. How do we do this, right? How, how, do, you, how do you dedicate time to it, right? So... I think it's really important to understand yourself and understand what it is that you need. But from a biological perspective, and I have said this many times before and I'll repeat it because it's, it's my genuine belief in, in the training that I have had and in the life experience that I have had, we constantly need to do two things. One is we need to exercise to get rid of the excessive cortisol which is the chemical that is produced in high stress levels and nowadays we are stressed every day emails and deadlines and financial and this little virus or bug or bacteria that's driving the world insane we are constantly being stressed right so that is pumping more cortisol through your body than what you can handle um and chronically, you know, long-term, this will lead to disease. So the quickest, safest, free way of releasing that is exercise. So one of the things that is absolutely paramount is regular activity to release this chemical that can create illness, that interrupts your nervous system, that makes that, turns that, that um, survival alarm on. And the second thing that is absolutely crucial is to do the opposite, which is calm the system down. Meditation, breath work, visualization, coloring in, writing poetry, something that is creative, expressive, experiential, that really calms down the central nervous system because ultimately we are going back to basic needs of feeling safe. There is no room for exploration and for personal development if you feel that you are in survival all of the time. And, and just and to add to that quickly, mm. from the exercise perspective, also have a bit of a sense of humor. We are so stuck up with life, we don't laugh anymore. So if you, if, you, if you can cultivate while you're exercising and trying to get control of your life, Leave a little bit of a sense of humor, develop a sense of humor that helps you um, when things are sore and tough. You can just laugh, laugh about it and, and get on with life, you know? And you, you guys are on it because I was going to say to Rosemary, yes, we need the control. And yes, I believe from my experience, 
I have had to learn to not be in control. And that is living with the paradox of this is life, guys. And then, you know, I was, I was also then going to add to the third crucial thing was laugh. Have a laugh. laugh learn to laugh at yourself. Surround yourself with people who you can go and have fun with. Yes. You know, I think if people just use these simple things. And if you don't have anyone, watch funny videos. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam, I'd love to hear from you. Yes. Um, wow. Um, I just think that so much beautiful messaging has come out from what can only be described as three very beautiful women who in some degree have worked at, on your own journey. And all the while I was listening, everything I was acknowledging, everything I was taking on board, everything was resonating. And it's back to that beauty of feeling supported, knowing that you're in a circle which is replete with wisdom, really, um, talking not just from knowledge, but from experience. I think that is so crucial. Um, however, going back to your question of how do we deal with adversity in challenging times and I'm curious about the, the billions who don't have these support networks and how to start, how to start anything, you know? Um, one of the pandemics of our time is too much information. And so we've not just got the pandemic, which is teaching us all something if we were only prepared to sit down and listen but we've got political unrest we've got social unrest we've got the environmental crises of our decade to deal with and when you are in those fixed belief systems like that you've referred to for so many of us, right now, the reality of what's happening is just not manageable. And I wonder how we get, how we give support, that's my question. How, how do I offer support to others? Because I'm on that journey. And as you say, Di, it doesn't mean that I don't have problems. As human beings, you know, we are born to experience life's ups and downs. It's not a straight, straight linear line for anyone. Even if you've ever sat there and envied somebody's life, 
it isn't linear. It isn't linear. It can't be. If you know anything about interconnectedness, the universe, nothing is linear. That's page one. The law of physics, the law of science, whatever you want to call it. And so I wanted to just say that for me, whilst I've been on this journey, I'm not sure if it's the same for you ladies, but I'm always palpably aware of the first step. What I mean is whilst I'm on this journey, whilst I've got incredible self-care tools and I do have a growth mindset, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky my adversity has been my gift. So when I've had all the years of difficulties and stress, I've had to find coping mechanisms. I've had to find other ways. And listening to Rosemary and your, you good ladies, we're all in different continents here. And it is about sharing our common humanity, those basic human needs, you know. So going back to the, the page one, you know, when you are feeling at your lowest, anything can trigger it, anything. So you might have, last year, it was about this time, the virus was being spoken of in the news. And many of us were picking up that news just as a signal, like the the like it was in the sphere of just I've heard it. Oh, that's going on, and then a few weeks later from now, the world was in lockdown in some to some degree, and so I always go back to that little page one. What have I been doing because? when I have those difficult moments, which I still do, and I, I don't know why they're sent to me, I don't know what's triggered them, until I sit down quietly with myself and I'm able to recognize, first of all, at that mo moment, where am I? Where am I in that moment? And accept it. And once I've accepted it, I feel then I can go a little bit further but I'm curious how, how we help others because I think the world needs us to help others and how uh, just this incredible platform, Women's Global Voices, women are seen to have nurturing needs. It's just biology. It's how it's been set up. So back to Rosemary in empowering her mother, you know, just saying to her, look, this is what I can do for you. And this is what I can't. That could be interpreted two ways. That's Rosemary being very strong. And I hear that. And I can see Rosemary's filled with love when she says that, but I can't imagine it was easy for you to say that to your mother. You know, to turn your own mother away is the hardest thing ever, but you kind of have to do it because Rosemary knows that her survival is just as important. So it's, if, it's, if the intention is a place of love, then yes, of course, we must dish out a little bit of tough love. But we also have to go back to Di, which I've brought up time and time again, this 
ability to listen, listen deeply to what someone else is wanting and meet them at that moment. Because right stood right next to you in a queue somewhere, somebody's life could be falling apart, like Carly says. You know, they could be tossing between the decision that they live today or do they go? And so I think we need to distill some rules. <laughs> and I wish there was someone out there and God, do I wish someone would give me the job just to say, these are the five simple rules. Just follow these every day. And no matter what goes up, what goes down, then in times of adversity, you can just hang on to a few things, a few things. I mean, it's been taught apparently when people lead big, successful military campaigns, they go back to the basics. They zoom out, but they come straight back in. Who, who's their team? Who can I delegate the best jobs to? And go back to simplicity. Because when we have too much information, when we have too <laughs> sorry, that's my Siri hearing my voice <laughs> uh, on my iPad. Sorry about that. <laughs> there you go. Somebody asking. She didn't get that. <laughs> so that's so appropriate. I know she didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at with this. And I'm wondering if I could just say five simple things for me. Uh, listen to my own voice. Trust that I can help others in a crisis. Be that person. Be kind. Be kind to yourself and to others. And trust that things will work out. Trust that things will work out. If I've learned anything, nothing in life remains the same nothing where we are right now we'll all say goodbye the next moment is different that that's a given but i'll just add one final thing that rosemary's right we do need to lift our spirits more we need we need to find somewhere deep within us a well of humor to be able to laugh at ourselves and share with others and and not put up these walls to other parts of the world. I think why the world is struggling right now is it's a classic example. We aren't helping each other. We aren't helping each other as countries. I, I've spoken to numerous, numerous people across the globe in the last year, and I've discovered one thing. We all share common conversation, and perhaps this group is the, the most vital one for me because we have to understand what's going on in Rosemary's country in order to understand our own humanity. We have to understand what's going on in Australia. And the, the, the natural tendency is often to go back and say to ourselves, well, I've just got enough on my plate, plate with Australia right now, <laughs> or, or the UK right now. But what about our sisters and brothers who all died in Italy right at the beginning? And, all the people who are dying in America through a, a, an incredible failure of leadership that you know plagued them through the pandemic. It, you, this is a time where we have to put our differences aside if we're going to 
slow down the rate that this pandemic and its many variants are sweeping through and, and destroying many, many lives and jobs and circumstances. So I welcome this conversation. And if anything, I've taken away the encouragement and just hearing it, it again has been beautiful from strong voices, loving voices, calm voices, logical voices, voices of wisdom. That's been my takeaway to hear it from, hear it, take it in and respect it. And, and really, really feel that when Di speaks and Carly speaks and Rosemary speaks, I can learn from that. I don't have to know it all myself. I can really learn from others and I can really respect the wisdom that's coming out of each of you, even if it's identical to my wisdom. The fact that you're telling me it means more to me than me telling me it to myself. So thank you so much. Sam, you always put your words in such beautiful poem. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I got a poem from my neighbor who never speaks to me. Seriously. Never. You should come to uh, Kenya. Yeah, and he said because, because I get annoyed of my neighbor saying hi to me too many times. <laughs> We need to switch. Right. This is the perfect opportunity. Yes. going to come and live my life. Come, let's, come and experience it. Come and experience it. They will, ask you, they will ask you, good morning, how are you? And then if you meet around 10, they will ask you, how is your day going? If they meet you a bit later, they will ask you, how are your children doing? If you walk around in a supermarket, they ask you, how is your job doing? And if you go back to the same person you met in the morning, they will ask you, how was your day? And they will ask you if you want to share their food. <laughs> there is the gold. Rosemary, give up your day job. There is the gold. Asking people how they are. That's why you are coping so well. Yeah. <laughs> your frustration is you have angels looking over you all the time. But going back to the poem, he basically was saying that we were his salvation. Because in, in quiet little ways, I made sure that he was okay. You know, someone's living on their own in the pandemic. Do I need to hear anything about his experience? I already know. I already know deep within the well of my own womanly heart, there is a man who will be struggling behind those four walls. And so little notes through his door, leaving him a voucher for some food because I know he's not working at the moment. And then to receive this beautiful poem, just to say, you know, you've been my salvation that, that, that to me is what humanity is about, making sure we hear what's going on. We don't, we don't often need words. We don't, 
we just know, I mean, Di, you are the queen of not knowing people's body language. I just know it. You don't need any of us women to speak and you'll know what we're all thinking. Um, so it's tapping into that, isn't it? To that beautiful recognition of how much more we're capable of if we just give love rather than think, what about me? What about me? So, yeah. But yeah, you've given you've given the gold away. It's that how are you? How are you? That kind of neighbor, hang on to that neighbor. That that's your that's your salvation. <laughs> yeah, I just, thank you. <laughs> I know time has, has really gone, but if there's mm. something I truly appreciate about Kenyans and being in Kenya is the true sense of looking out for one another that people have. It's not that they actually have money. It's, it's that they genuinely care about the other person. Um, it, it's, it's, it, it can get overwhelming. You get sick, you're in the hospital, you have to put a restraining order at the gate because people will flock the hospital. Um, if, you, if you get, um, if a family gets bereaved, like the other day, a friend of my, uh, uh, someone I know in Kilifi lost their son. And they had to practically tell people we need some private time to go through this and to internalize the process because they are flocking in huge numbers and bringing gifts and things um, and, and cleaning your house and washing your clothes and making sure you're okay. That's the one thing I truly appreciate about this country. Mm -hmm. People look out for each other. They truly care about each other. And if they don't see you for a day or two, someone will come knocking to check if you're okay. Incidences mm -hmm. of people dying in an apartment and being discovered months later don't happen in this country because your neighbor will definitely know something is off if they haven't seen you, even if they don't talk to you. So beautiful. That makes me want to cry because we do, we need, we need to understand that the notion of family is not just these beautiful pictures we love to share of our loved ones. And we should do that. We should with all our best foot forward. But what is family if it's not a world family? You know, Rosemary, you talked about Planet Human last time. I'm on there with you, sister. <laughs> I'm on Planet Human, you know. I, I think we can go so far with our labeling. I am this, I am that. Quite frankly, we're all human, aren't we? We all need each other right now. We really do. And I think that's why it was so appropriate to have this subject right now. Because people don't have the skills to be human. People don't have the skills to support each other. People don't have the skills to express themselves. That's what we're doing here. That's what we talked about here. That's why I keep persevering. That's why I keep going, come on, let's go. Let's do this one. And everybody jumps on board. It's very cool. And we need honesty. I, I think one of the things that's missing so much in the world right now is truth. And try I think it, I, 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 for 30 days, you know, it's tough. 
It's very tough. And I think that's the very thing that I, why I mentioned the, the people that I work with. And I, I don't think there's been not one mother that has not said to me, the reason that I cannot express myself honestly is for a start, I don't know my truth. But then I don't trust myself to not blow everybody out of the water and ruffle the feathers, rock the boat. But they do want the honesty. I'm hearing more and more people want the honesty, but they don't have the skills to be able to say what they need. They don't have the skills to actually go inside and find the truth. It's a big quagmire of jargle, misunderstood verbal inside of people's bodies with these spasmodic thoughts coming through. And Kelly, I know you, you, you work with this every day to try and flesh it out, untangle it. And it comes out, unfortunately, it comes out in very aggressive, sick, unhealthy patterns. The truth eventually comes out, right? Because people are walking around repressed. They have all of these feelings and emotions repressed by the circumstances and situations they have created in their heads that they've been exposed to and that they don't know how to express. So one of the, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm very aware of time, but, you know, like one, in order to answer some of your questions, Sam, um, I think kindness is probably the number one thing to go out there and, and, and be, be, be kind, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, figure out what kind of kindness suits you. Um, I have wonderful neighbours, they've dropped off a, a beautiful, gorgeous loaf of bread on my front porch yesterday and just sent me a text message. Um, you know, and I always drop food off at my friends' houses when, you know, when I know that they're really busy and they've got lots of kids. What, what does kindness mean to you in terms of resources? There is an ocean of stuff out there. Um, I don't know about Rosemary, but Di and I definitely have resources on our websites for free that people can download. Um, and from there, it's a starting point. Then that can take them out we encourage people to contact us so that we can give you a list of reputable resources. And I think it's just getting into the space of how can I do right now better than I did yesterday? Just right now. How can I love better? How can I think better? How can I feel better? How can I... <coughs> into the world better just right now how can i check in more with people better and i think that i want to add to that because i also wanted to and i'm really aware of the time but i also wanted to um give my perception on an answer for sam because for me every time you speak you capture us because you connect with us emotionally. And every time you speak, I think you have said the words one on. And so I see the starting point, I hear the starting point, I feel the starting point for you is around information 101. What would that be? Kaylee, you could take Kelly's lead there and go, kindness. What is kindness? 
do a little blog, do a little letter to your to your local council, to your local area, do a video, 101 on kindness. Because what I've experienced is once I started, I couldn't stop. And it's just growing. And you, you, you develop, you find, you uncover the path because you started. You know, when we're on this path of so much growth and development and all this wonderful, you know, advice and tips that wisdom has brought to the space with the Rosemary and Carly being the main speakers, I think it's so vital to remember that when we meet ourselves in any moment on that journey, even if we don't know we're on it, back to Dai saying, you know, honesty, we do want honesty, but where do you start and how do you unpick things and what, it, you know, it's almost like you might be opening a Pandora's box. Well, every time that lid lifts, it doesn't matter to what degree, in that moment you are so vulnerable and there are many, many times you will go back and hide in the box. And so just through my own recognition of that, I've realized that many people will never be ready to open up their Pandora's box. So the best I can offer them is a moment of just feeling connected to something called love. You know, anything, anything in my power not that I go out looking for it. It just becomes innate within you. It becomes a habit. Back to Rosemary's neighbor, who, who's so well-intentioned, that's, that's them, you know. And I, I can see Rosemary. I mean, I, will, I, I love that kind of humor that Rosemary brings because the idea that my neighbor's head is popping up every five minutes, <laughs> my God, that would... That, you know, that that to me would be like, oh, my God, when I go out, he's going to be saying, how are you, etc. And so you're not sure which way to run. But at the end of the day, within it, what's beautiful is Rosemary's recognition that you never really know who's supporting you, do you? Because, quite frankly, every person you meet is supporting you in some way. So, yeah. What are you all taking away? What's one thing? And I ask this question because I believe that if someone can articulate what they're taking away from some time that they have spent, that there is a chance that it's going to open up another little neuro pathway to change and betterment and more fulfillment, more love, more happiness. What are you taking away? I think I'm taking away what um, Sam has just insisted on so many times while she was speaking so calmly that we definitely need to extend kindness to the world out there on a daily basis and not just um, in a systematic way, but for the moment, that particular moment. And what Kalis uh, said on the same subject saying, um, what kind of kindness for that particular moment? That for me is what I'm taking away from this uh, conversation, that despite the adversity, despite the stress, kindness 
for the moment and the kind of kindness that is required for that moment. I'm taking away just the energy of three beautiful sisters from around the world. Seriously, you will fuel my day today. I'm taking away not my own impression of what I'm capable of in any shape or form, because right here I am so grateful for the fact that I can connect with you around the world. I have a laptop, I have food, I have warmth, but gosh, you know, for three women just to, to have reminded me that in times of adversity, we need to pull together and just that little nudge that holding of someone in what is one of the most challenging times in human history right now. So thank you. That's what I'll take away all three of you. Three beautiful thank hearts. Thank you. Now I'm gonna jump in and um... Kindness, I think, is always a beautiful quality to develop and to keep front and centre all the time. Kindness towards yourself, kindness towards the environment and animals. Those of you that know me know that I'm extremely passionate about being kind to our environments and animals as well as humans. Um, but to, to push it a little bit more, the importance of getting to know yourself who are you? Why are you that way? What awareness can you take away from self-exploration? Because if you don't know yourself, you are constantly showing up to the world uncertain or unclear, and that will essentially have a ripple effect in terms of how you engage with others. So getting to know yourself and the process of getting to know yourself is extremely um, beautiful but challenging so apply kindness to that process and what I'm taking away is water Rosemary's story on the water for me reminded me again to not take things for granted mm. and then when Kelly reiterated the subject of your water problem again it, I, I only heard it on a certain level and then Kelly brought it in on another level and so I'm taking away this um, awareness again of yes you can hear it but once you hear it again or you have a deeper conversation it's like kindness what is kindness what is self-belief what is our belief systems once you have a conversation about it so I'm just taking so much away. I think it's these conversations are so valuable because they're nurturing. They're giving us soul food. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for everybody for being here. And thank you for watching the replay. If you're watching the replay, 
It's very beautiful. And so many tools in here. And as I said before, if anybody's watching the replay or anybody's watching the podcast, go and find the person that you resonate with. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Does anybody have anything lastly to say before we go? Just, just that we, we can do this. We will get through it. It will change us all. And just to remember that no matter how hard you might find lockdown, there's a beauty in it because you're caring for others if you follow just some simple rules. It's really important back to understanding that deeper connection and understanding that you're keeping others safe by keeping yourself safe. And My last word is have fun. Please have fun. Please be kind and please have fun. <laughs> and I, I can't thank you enough. I mean, if any, if kindness resonates through this webinar, your kindness to bring this forward as a space of inquiry and curiosity and discovery and just accepting everyone where they're at. Every time I come here, I just kind of think I'm so excited to listen, to hear what other people have to say. And what I really, really appreciate is how somehow the vibration here means that everybody does listen to what everybody has to say. And I wonder if that is my takeaway too, to remind myself just to stop every time I'm caught up within my own little busy bonnet, which we all get. Mm. Just ask what's going on here right now. You know, it isn't about me. It's about the whole world, <laughs> you know, so. Thank you. Sending you all some sunshine from Kenya, it's 34 degrees today. Oh, wow. It's minus two here. <laughs> oh, we've just had a heat Seriously. one here. So we're enjoying a cool day here. Yes. Minus two, everyone. Minus two. No way. Yeah. I'm so it's grateful. <laughs> it's minus two and uh, I've got three layers on. So. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. Thank this you. morning and look forward to seeing you in a fortnight mm -hmm. thank you everybody and thank bye. you bye thanks di bye 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 bye, bye.